This is a podcast from Baker Street Productions. The following content contains strong language. Coy by Anna Wheeling I noticed them on my first day in the office, swimming round and round and round under the glass ceiling of the entrance hall. Two koi carp. They looked too big for their little pond. When I stepped up and looked closely, their ugly faces seemed kind of scary. Bulging bug eyes that never blinked. The tiles of the pond were clearly supposed to be blue, but have faded into this horrible dirty grey colour. What a tacky thing to have in an entrance hall. It was just that and the lifts and the service desk that didn't seem to have anyone at it. Poor ugly fish. All alone down here. Every time I walk into the office I look at these fish. Eva said she liked them. She called them Punch and Judy because one of them looked like he had a black eye. I said that Punch and Judy propagated stereotypical gender roles and domestic violence and she told me not to be such a smart-mouthed bitch. I met Eva on my first day in the office too. I was led into the team meeting by David, who I was supposed to be shadowing, but he kept forgetting to tell me really important things and then treating me like an idiot every time I asked a question. Even like, where's the loo? (laughs) As if I should have studied the blueprints of the building before accepting the job offer. Anyway... So I go into this meeting and sit down at the long table and look at everyone in my team. Mostly men, of course. I mean, it's an IT firm, so... The only two women were Eva and Kirsten. Kirsten's the big boss. Or one of the big bosses. She wears power suits and big glasses to let us know it. She's scary. I could tell she was scary and wanted to be scary. And then there was Eva sitting across from me, twisting her hair and looking me up and down. Eva hated everyone in the office. Everyone except me, for some reason. She has this fantastic laugh. It's really easy to make her laugh, especially if you're sarcastic and a bit mean. She loves that. Her laugh is kind of like one of those laughs that you see actresses doing in movies, or like in the outtakes of movies, when they're being themselves, but they still look great on camera. Basically, it's sexy. It's a sexy TV laugh. Sometimes she throws in a snort if it's really funny, but it's still probably her most attractive quality. Oh, I should have said, Eva is Stephen's PA. Stephen's the big, big boss. Above Kirsten, even though he's like 10 years younger than her and she clearly hates it. I always thought it was because she took time off to have kids, but apparently she hates children. Stephen's fine. Mostly because he's never there. Sometimes he gets drunk at office parties and stuff like that. And people said his wife left him after the Christmas party, but no one really knows why. They say it's because he tried it on with one of the girls from HR, but (laughs) that's probably just a rumour. Hey, hon, I'm just walking back from Starbucks and I'm carrying like a vanilla latte, so I'm just sending you a voice note because I can't type. Kirsten told me this morning that Maureen and PR is leaving to have a baby and her job will be going up in a few weeks. I don't know if she told me because she was like, I'm just letting you know, sort of thing. But I might go for it. 
Oh, also, I asked Mike at the desk if the fish had names, and he said they didn't, and would I like to name them, and I said they were called Punch and Judy, and he thought that that was really funny. Okay, bye! Maureen's having a baby. I bet Kirsten told you because she wanted to make sure you also weren't going to go off and spawn an offspring as well. But, yeah, go for it. PA and PR seem pretty similar. Also, Mike famously has no sense of humour. And we have that meeting in 20 minutes. Get back here. I want to go in with you so I don't have to sit next to David again. We have these long team meetings every Monday. Most of the time it's just Stephen and Kirsten doing an informal presentation that had nothing to do with anything we were actually working on that week. I read this article once which was about how men and women communicate differently. I don't remember much about it to be honest, but there is this one fact that stuck in my brain. That men don't nod to show they're listening. They only nod when they agree with something, but women nod all the time to show they're paying attention. I always wondered if Kirsten had read this article. Kirsten never nods. Her head's like a rigid pole, like a cast iron statue. I wonder if she even knows how to nod. Maybe she trained herself against her base feminine instincts and has assimilated so successfully into the male communication pattern that she just can't nod. She lost the ability. But to be honest, after I read this study, I felt like I shouldn't nod. Like, I'll always nod when Eva's talking, for encouragement, you know. But I don't want to nod when Stephen's talking. Especially if he's going to misread my nod. <laughs> Am I overthinking this? Well, anyway, in one of these Monday meetings, after Eva sent me that voice note, she had to do this update that the London firm had given us. Just tell everyone how this procedure they were working on was going. I nodded, like a good feminist. Kirsten didn't. Stephen doodled on a corner of his notepad. When Eva finished, there was this pause. Like no one had realised she'd finished. Then Stephen said, Right, thanks, Eva. Next time, how about you use that winning smile of yours to keep everyone interested? Eva was pissed off. Apparently Stephen never listens to what she says, but if she ever interrupts him, he gets all patronising, like, Sorry, Eva, I was actually talking. Please could you let me finish? Thank you. I don't think it ever really bothered her, though. She just said he was a big child that she had to pick up after and she wouldn't be doing it forever. She knew she was better than he made out. Once, Eva was in a meeting, just her and Stephen and Kirsten, and they had this blazing argument. Eva dragged me into the bathroom after and at first I thought she was going to cry. Then she burst out laughing and told me how they'd been arguing about this embarrassing mix-up with the London firm. Stephen wouldn't own up, and Kirsten told him to grow some balls and admit his mistakes. Eva dried her face, her shoulders still heaving with laughter. And I was just sitting there between them, spit flying everywhere. It was horrible. After that... We sometimes called the carp in the pond downstairs, Stephen and Kirsten.
Ava's laugh got her a lot of attention in the office. I mean, office full of men, two young women, laughing. Of course we were going to attract attention. Eva said that was one of the downsides of me starting. Before I joined, she never had any reason to laugh and she could just get on hating everyone in peace. Every time we laugh in the office, Kirsten shoots us these looks. Like she thinks it's really inappropriate or like childish or something. She reminds me of this teacher I had in school, Miss Chapper. Miss Chapper hated groups of girls doing anything. She once confiscated my phone when I was showing a picture of this boy I was seeing. When she took it off me, she said it was unladylike to attract so much attention, and nobody likes a girl who's a show-off. It was clear the guys, especially the young guys like Carl and David and Josh, were trying to flirt with Eva. They kept standing in groups close by her desk and talking about, I don't know, football? Or trying to joke with her about stupid work-related things, finding little excuses to borrow the stapler, or pretending they had the wrong kind of paper and asking her to fix it for them. <laughs> I went into the kitchen one time and heard them discussing her. Josh was saying he thought she was a flirt and that David was wasting his time. David said he didn't mind as long as he could get in her good books and then maybe on Friday, couple couple G&Ts or whatever and she'll get him a bed. They all laughed. I thought about telling Eva this conversation. I thought it might make her laugh. But I didn't. I don't know why. Maybe part of me thought she would like it, that she was a flirt. She did laugh at David's jokes, and sometimes I thought this whole hating everyone here thing was so people would try harder with her. At lunchtime on Friday, Eva was still at this meeting. She'd been following Stephen around all week through meetings and coffee catch-ups and working lunches, so I guess she was just at one of those. But I got a voice message from her, so I went to the loo to listen to it. Her voice sounded breathless. Stevens just told me to go back to the office. I've been fucking juggling his ridiculous timetable all week and I make one mix-up, okay? One. And he got all stroppy and said that being a PA was more than just wearing skirts and playing about with sticky notes. I've honestly had it. I'd better get Maureen's job and then I can get out of this fucking team. Wearing skirts? What the fuck? I know you hate this team, but I don't want you to leave. How would I cope? It sounds like a bad week, I'm sorry, but... Hey, we can go for Friday drinks tonight and bitch about Stephen and Kirsten and all those pointless meetings. Yeah, a drink would be good, but I think Stephen and Kirsten are coming along. I don't know if I can take it, to be honest. God, why do they have to come? It totally defeats the points of work drinks if your bloody bosses are there. But it'll be good once you're out. Better just shake it off and show you aren't defeated, right? The next Monday morning, something's different. I feel it as soon as I step into the entrance hall. As I walk past the tacky pond with the carp swimming round and round and round, I look down expecting to see their ugly bug eyes, but instead I... I see this smooth silver belly floating at the surface of the pool. One of the carp is dead. It floats there, 
dead, wrong. It doesn't even look like a fish anymore. It's all rigid. The other fish swims round and round underneath the body of its friend. I say in the Monday meeting, one of the carp in the entrance hall is dead. Everyone looks up at me for once. Then Stephen says, what carp? The carp in the pond in the entrance hall? When you walk in? Did none of you see it this morning? It's dead. It can't just be left in the pond like that. Okay, well, maintenance will sort it out eventually. It's nothing to do with us. Eva hasn't come in this morning. According to Kirsten, she's feeling unwell and might be in later. I checked my WhatsApp, but she hasn't left me any messages. Last time I talked to her was at the work drinks on Friday when I said I was going home because I couldn't stand any more of Kirsten's bullshit work stories. She was squeezed into this booth with Stephen next to her. I thought that was probably good because David was also in the booth and maybe he wouldn't try anything with Stephen right there. She seemed all right anyway. She was laughing, her Jennifer Aniston laugh. I sit and look over at Eva's desk and I wish she would come in. It's kind of unsettling. I want to tell her about the carp in the pond. I want to ask her if it's Punch or Judy that's still swimming around and around and around. I go away to get coffee and when I come back her bag's lying on top of her desk. I go to the toilets but she isn't there. Then I walk to the kitchen but nope, nothing. I'm going back to my desk when I hear Eva's voice coming from one of the little breakout pods. She's saying, I know it's not personal, he doesn't mean anything by it, but it's starting to affect my, my work and I know I should stop. I know I shouldn't listen, but I've never heard Eva talk so seriously. You talked about career progression and I do want to progress in this company. I've been thinking about it, but he needs to know that it's not okay to treat people like this. I thought I'd tell you first before talking to HR or anything, because maybe it doesn't have to go that far, and maybe you'd understand, or maybe you could raise it, if you feel comfortable. Okay, well, if you really want to progress, Eva, I'm afraid you can't always expect people to be nice to you. I can speak to Stephen, but... Do you really want him to know you have an issue with his behaviour? It might cause problems for your working relationship. There was a pause. Eva didn't say anything. And Kirsten said, I don't have David or Josh or Carl coming to me complaining about anyone's behaviour. Perhaps it's a question of confidence. We all respect you, Eva. You do your work, and you seem to get on very well with the team, don't you? You know we're a busy firm. People don't always think to hand out praise, but it doesn't mean they don't like you. No, I know, that's not... I would try to stop worrying about it. I'm not worried about whether people like me. Okay, Eva. If anything happens in a social context, after work, perhaps, that you feel... Uh, uncomfortable about. You can file an anonymous complaint with HR. There was another pause, like Eva was holding her breath. I thought of the silver belly floating near the surface of the water. 
No, thanks, Kirsten. This isn't an anonymous kind of complaint, really. Then Eva opens the door and walks out. She sees me. I mean, I am standing right there, hard to miss. She looks at me. But doesn't say anything. I feel like I've missed something. Missed some vital sign. Like something had been coming for a long time, but I hadn't seen it. Eva resigned. She had to give a month's notice, but she also took two weeks annual leave that she hadn't used, so it felt like she left suddenly. She left before Maureen's job went up. On her last day, she packed her desk things into a cardboard box like the start of some stupid American rom-com. There was even her sad little desk plant, who she called Bozo, and all her hand creams and smelly things and colour-coded paper clips. Everyone signed the card for her. We'll miss your smile, Eva, and let me buy you a drink soon, and you were a delight to work with. I go down in the lift with her and stand under the glass ceiling next to the carp pond while she fixes her jacket and looks for her car keys. That's when I ask her why she's leaving. She looks at me in the same way she did when she came out of the breakout pod. She says, I'm not going to do it anymore. Work with Stephen. Work here, with any of them. But I thought, <laughs> it was just a joke, hating everyone. It's not actually that bad, you know. Maybe it's alright for you, but I'm not going to spend all this energy going nowhere. I need more. More help. Then she laughs. Just <laughs> promise me you're not going to turn into a Kirsten, okay? Then she gives me a hug and walks out into the car park. I watch her get into her car and drive away. I look down at the fish pond and watch the single car move slowly in a wide circle around the bottom of the pond. It has more space now. More space to go round and round and round. Koi is a Baker Street production, written and directed by Anna Wheeling. The script was performed by Bethany Maskell, and the sound design was by Ishik Kural. Koi is part of the Speak of the Devil series, available on podcast platforms or at www.bakerstreetproductions.co.uk. To find out more about our production and the people involved, visit the website, or follow us on social media 